EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM Did you miss me? G'day! Welcome. Great to have your company on the EFTM Podcast. Back from, uh, blimey, a a long period away. Let's be honest. Uh, Berlin. Uh, Stig and I got to Berlin, did I say on the Thursday? I feel like it was the Thursday. Um, Maybe it was the Wednesday. And did IFA and then we we left on the Monday and we, because we were trapped. Uh, We had a one-way flight. Uh, normally assume that Apple will be straight after that. And so it was cheaper to stay in Europe than to fly home. And then we just let Apple know we were going to be in Paris and Apple were gracious enough to bring us from Paris to San Francisco and then back home. Um, the We went to Dusseldorf for a couple of days. Not bad. Not amazing. And then we went down to Karlsruhe or Karlsruhe or something like that, a little town near the French border where there's, and we just stayed near a train station and caught the TGV to Paris and stayed in Paris for three and a half odd days um, before flying to San Francisco. Um, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot. I got, I'll be honest though. Here's the thing. I, I often struggle to work when I'm away, but I kind of consciously went, well, I'm not here. I'm not on holidays. I had one great day where we went to the Norschleife and did a bit of driving and it was fun. That was like my weekend is, is the way I look at it. Every other day, I, I didn't leave the house. I, just, I, I went for a quick walk maybe every day, but I, I sat and worked, you know. That's what I did because I felt like it was work time. And I also just don't like being a tourist when I'm not with my family. So I um, I did pretty well. I, I got through the inbox and I organized things and I wrote a lot. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like we got a lot done. So it was all right. It worked out okay in the end. It was a bloody long time to be away. A bloody long time to be away. So uh, so goes that. Um, happy to be back. Great to be jumping into your calls again. Um, and there is a bit going on. I want to talk in a minute about the EV subsidies. Um, it's just the, the New South Wales uh, budget is being done right now. Um, and there's been some talk about that. I haven't researched it, but I, I wanted to talk about it anyway. Um, and, yeah. Not much else really to report. Uh, Stephen's away this week. Uh, we'll get a two blokes in remotely at some point. So there's a bit going on. Uh, iPhone wise, we've we've got the AirPods uh, review went up this week. iOS 17 is out today. So if you've got an iPhone, update to iOS 17. It's a big win for me. I like it. And um, and there'll be more throughout the week uh, in terms of Apple stuff before the iPhone drops on Friday. But the most important thing we do here is we take your calls. So let's get cracking and get on with that. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Great to be back. Great to have your company. Trevor Long, take your calls. If you've got a tech question, just go to the website, EFTM.com. Click Ask Trev. Christopher did that. G'day, Chris. Yeah, go, mate. How you going? Yeah, really good. What can I do for you? When you do a tap and pay, you get charged a fee. Now, I'm, I was under the assumption that there was no fee for a regular card or Google or Samsung. Yet I'm, I'm being charged when I use my Google Pay when tapping at, at, at every store. Now, I understand that that fee actually goes to Apple because of Apple's um, uh, arrangement with, with Australian banks. I was just wondering why uh, am I being charged when using Android when the, char- the charge should be going to iPhone users? What makes you think that's the case? Where, where, where have you heard that about Apple? <clears throat> Well, Apple charges the banks for the use of their Apple Pay system, where Android and Samsung don't. Where have you heard so that? So where's the money? So, so, so where? That's just 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 do a Google search. Uh, I think I think the RBA actually uh, agreed to it and said, yeah, that's okay. So if there's a charge being paid when you're tapping and paying, mm-hmm. then Apple's actually charging the banks that fee. Then why aren't Google and Samsung re- re- uh, receiving that same fee? So and it, is that is, is that fee associated is, is is conditional because of Apple users, and why is it why is it spread across to all all tap and pay users using different different facilities, well, different tell, different options? I'll, I'll tell you straight up, it's very simple. You get charged the same fee if you tap your card as you do if you tap your phone. So you, the user, see no difference in fees 
no matter if you tap your card, tap your Google phone, or tap your Apple phone. The, the fees and charges are all between uh, the many different parties involved, banks, merchants, uh, the card vendors, uh, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, FPOS. There's so many p- companies involved. But there's no... Okay, okay. That, be, that, being seen, that being said, if Apple are charging the banks $900 million a year, hey, Chris, then somewhere down the track, we're all getting charged. Who said Apple's charging $900 million a year? Apple, Apple, Apple iPhone, or the the I, I, Apple Pay charged the banks for the usage of their payment system on their phones, because it's a it's, it's a it's a sealed system. Unlike unlike the uh, Google and and Android or Samsung systems, where they're open systems. Again, I need to see references, Chris, because I'll tell you right now: Google, Samsung, Apple, all, all clip the ticket. By I believe it's zero point zero one five percent of every transaction. It's not Apple. It's everyone. Well, Apple, I'll, I'll, Google, I'll, I'll, I'll Samsung. Well, mate, if I, if point, I send you the information, then, yeah. you, then you can clarify it. Yeah, absolutely. How about we do but, that? But I can tell you right now that it's it's Visa, Mastercard, FPOS, and American Express that are the ones charging merchants for the transactions to occur. And it's up to the merchant whether they hand that on to the user. So, for example, some supermarkets, if you tap and pay versus paying cash, the total price is exactly the same, zero difference. But some of them, probably smartly, absolutely pass on the 1% or 0.5% or 1.2%, whatever it is they're charged from their banks. Um, but I can tell so you're you right saying, now, you're saying you're depending on facility. Okay. Well, well, I beg to differ, but best best way to clear this up is um, I'll get the info together, send it through to you, and I, we can go from there. How's I that? I can't wait to see it. I'll send you an email so that you can send it all to me, and we'll expose them for what they're doing. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Good Cheers. On, Cheers. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to get that email. I don't believe there's a single bit of documentation that suggests that Apple is causing Android users to pay more at the checkout. Now, it's possible that Apple negotiated a better deal. It's possible that Apple charge 0.015% as opposed to Samsung charging 0.012% or something. Um, and it's, it's entirely plausible that... Samsung charge nothing, but I don't think so. Um, yeah, the the fact is that Chris's bugbear there is that Android users are paying for an Apple technology. Well, what you need to understand is actually that the creation of the token system that is what we rely on for tap and go. So um, back in the day when we swiped our cards or we inserted a chip then essentially the card would transmit or share your card number and expiry date and all those things so that the transaction could occur. But when NFC payments, tap and go payments were created, it was created as this kind of token-based um, system. Now, what Apple did for years, I think three years they were working on Apple Pay before it was announced in 2016. And what Apple did was work very closely with big US banks to create a generative token system. So your physical little card from your bank has a token in it. One, two, three, four, five, six. And when you tap your card, that token is exchanged and validated. However, on your smartphone, the brilliance behind Apple Pay and pretty much all digital payment systems now is that when you tap your phone, a token is exchanged, but it's a different token every time you use it. So there's literally no way it could be cracked or breached or skimmed or scammed. That's what they created. Now, if that portion of the, I don't know, payment network, the token-based digital token system is in any way owned by Apple and therefore licensed by Google and Samsung, then good on Apple for making money out of it. They created the system, but I actually don't know that they did that. I think they were working on it. I think they were part of the group that created it but I don't know that it's exclusive to them or that they own the rights to it. Could be wrong. Bottom line, though, feels like a massive tinfoil hat situation with regards to Android owners being subsidizing iPhone owners. Bit of a stretch. 
Taking your calls, if you've got a tech question, go to uh, eftm.com, click Ask Trev, and then Trev will give you a call. G'day, Catherine. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, really good. What can I do for you? So we've had a lot of, um, you know, crime around the area recently, particularly with the cars. We uh, found somebody trying to get into the cars the other night. Oh, really? Um, so I went onto your website and you reviewed the, um, I think it's called a uh, Arlo 5. Um, uh, the car, the, I think the most recent one was the Pro 5S is, uh, Pro 5, is yes. one of the ones I would yes. have looked at. Yep. Mm. So I was wondering, I um, looked at sort of, you know, how to buy that kit, if you like, but there's all different kits yeah. to get. And I wasn't sure, you know, the best thing to do um, yep. to make it sort of. What have we yeah, got in terms of uh, front? Are you worried about the backyard, just the front yard? What are you worried about? Where do you want to cover? Mostly the front, but mm. we also keep stuff sort of at the back. We live on the Pan Highway, so it's very, very busy. Yep. And um, there's lots of people walking up and down at night, in particular one the other night trying to get into the cars along the yep. street. Yep. And um, so, yeah, mostly the front, but um, we have some, you know, tools and stuff at the back. So it would probably be good to cover that as well if we were going to go down that path. Yeah. So, look, I'm a bit of a narc when it comes to security cameras because um – uh, you know, I think that they're an easy thing these days to install. It used to be the – like 10 years ago, you'd have to ring an electrician. They'd run cables through your house. Uh, you know, it's a whole palaver. Yeah. These yeah. days, yeah. you order online or you go to JB Hi-Fi, you walk out with a box, and as long as you've got Wi-Fi at home, you're good to go. Yeah. So you've got Wi-Fi yeah. and internet at home, I'm assuming? Yes, we have, yes. And basically what I what I recommend you do first is, is walk around the home and uh, and get a sense of where your Wi-Fi is good and bad. And I, what I mean by that is, I mean, I don't know the makeup of your front yard, but so for example, and I've said this before, but it's a bit of a weird thing. I've got a camera on the telegraph pole out the front of my joint pointing at my house. Now, okay. Energy Australia, Ausgrid, whoever owns the poles, they don't like it. When they come around, they go, you're going to take the camera down. Pfft, good luck. You'll be back here in five years. What are you going to do? Take the camera? Um like the pole's there forever. I'm like seriously, who cares? But even if you've got a tree in the front yard, you can actually get these these strappings that you can just strap a camera to it. So, because I love the idea of looking at the house, but also that that's that's a little bit um, obscure from me. I think the key things are front door. So I want to look down and at the front door. I want to look potentially at the driveway, but without getting too much of the road. Um, and we'll talk about why that is in a minute. I want to I want to potentially cover the the walk down the side of the house, and then I want something at the back door, essentially looking you know at the backyard, but more at you know the edge of the house, the doors and the windows. So for me, a four yeah. camera kit is a is a huge, simple starting point. Now, if you were to go, for example, to the JB Hi-Fi website right now, which I'm doing, Arlo, there's four. Yeah. Sorry, there's three four camera kits that I can see. One of them is four hundred and fifty bucks. One of them is eight hundred bucks, and the other one's eleven hundred dollars. Let me tell you the difference between those those three. The four fifty nine one, they're they're only ten eighty, so they're the not low resolution, still HD, um, and they're what they call their essential range. So you can't remove the battery on them. You need to take the camera down to charge it. So personally, oh, yeah. that yeah. I don't think that's a great solution for you because if you're going to have multiple cameras. Every three to six months, you need to get up and change the batteries. I prefer a system where I can have hot swap batteries, ready charged, ready to go, and I can just one weekend, I can say, you know what? I'm going to go and replace all the batteries and just do it. Um, the 799 pack is the Arlo Pro 4. These are, you know, basically their, their second best cameras because the Ultras are their best, but it's a four-pack. It's a big win. Great. The Pro 5, the one you saw the review on, they're the, the $1,100 ones. They are the latest. They are 2K resolution like the Pro 4s. The biggest advantage of these Pro 5s is their Wi-Fi connectivity. They know how to connect to all styles of Wi-Fi, so you get less hassle setting them up. They work in in um, a little bit more range. So for me, if you can, I'd stretch it to 1100 bucks. That's for four cameras, so you're paying 250 per camera. But at the absolute minimum, I'd, I'd want you to spend the 800 on the Pro 4s, and then you've got four cameras. Now, on top of that, you do I do recommend that you take their what's called Arlo Secure, which is a monthly subscription. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say like $13 a month. 
uh, for, for all your cameras, or you could just pick one or two cameras and pay five bucks a month each. But here's what they do. The, the subscription allows you to get more cloud recording. So it's, you know, 60, 90 days recording or whatever it is. But most importantly, you can say, you know what? I don't want you to record when you see a dog. I don't want you to record when you see a car or wind. I just want you to record when you see a person. So in my case, mm. I say, I say, I want to, I want you to record when I see people at the front door. Um, I want you to record the backyard when you see people and animals. I've just got this thing about knowing when there's cats walking around. Um, and with that one that's pointing at the road, you really don't want it to record when there's cars because that's just going to record mm. every five minutes. And the more they record, the quicker their battery drains. Um, oh, yes. Okay. But the, all of them, by the way, have a little light on them, just a little light. It's called a spotlight. But it's enough to, uh, you know, to, to very clearly alert a criminal that there's a camera there, firstly. Boom, a little light comes on. Yep. But it also then means that instead of black and white night vision, you get a bit of colour. So you can say to the police they were wearing a red hoodie. Boom. Very important. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's – that's the that's the breakdown of the three. I think the the pro models are excellent. I've got I'm going to say ten of them in my house, around my house, um, and we I love them. I love them. It's it's one of my favourite products. It's maintenance involved because I do I bought extra batteries, so I bought two batteries and a little charging pad, so that there's always two batteries on charge. So that if I get a notification in my app that says you know, Arlo front door is at 15%. I just walk out, change the battery, done. It's not even need to think about it. Um, we, we get, I get great notifications. I have great peace of mind. Um, I think they're a deterrent personally, but I, I can't say for sure it's going to stop someone coming in. But hopefully if they do come in, you get some sense of, of who they are or what they're doing and, and, you know, you have some information for the police. Sounds good. Sounds good. And you don't need any, as you say, you don't need anybody to install them. You can just, as long no. as you've got somewhere secure to so put them. So easy. Um, the, they come with, so I'd have to say, I reckon the, the, the four camera kit would come with two types of mounts. It would come with two mounts that I would highly recommend you use everywhere and two that are kind of magnetic. Um, the one, You might need to get accessory mounts for them, but they're very easy to get. You get them on Amazon if you don't want to buy them direct from Arlo. But three screws into the eave or into the wall, whatever you want to do it, and they're attached. You put them up high, high yeah. enough that you need a ladder so that they're obviously also not, a, not an easy thing to knock down or rip down or cover up. But, yeah, it's so what I do um, is you sit down in your kitchen table and you've got four cameras and you set up all four cameras sitting at the kitchen table and you call one of them front door, one of them back door, one of them side, one of them um, front of house. And then once they're set up and done, then you take them out then you screw them on, then you open the app and go, yep, they're all working, it's good, happy days. And now the app is so smart, you can say, look, between these hours, um, I want you to be recording everything. So at our place, it's like 10.30 at night till 6.30 in the morning, everything gets recorded. And then on these days, we're not home. So my wife is home two days a week. I don't record the, the driveway when she's home, who cares? I don't need to know when a postman comes or the milkman, you know. Um, I just need to know when we're not home, what happens? So you can set it up like that. And all those things over the course of the first month of using them, apart from being, oh, how look exciting and things, the more you tweak it so that it doesn't record wasteful vision, that's good for the battery. Yep. All right. Sounds sound really good. Yeah. Sounds like you're doing that some shopping good. this week and some installation to create a bit of a deterrent <laughs> and hopefully you don't have any of that issues in the in the driveway again. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. We just um, we never really had to worry about it, but there's just so much happening these days, isn't it? Well, look, the other thing is, the other one I'd say to you is, um, I've I've failed to tell you about the most important camera in my arsenal, and that's the Arlo floodlight. This thing, yeah. I'll be honest, my wife didn't like the look of it when we first got it. She hated it, but I just left it up, and she's just come to love it. Uh, I assume, but it is. We don't have a light in our front of house. There's no light on our front door or or a front yard. So this thing, when you walk up to our house, it's like the MCG lights come on. It is, <laughs> I'm telling you, it is bright and it's the best deterrent. So maybe one of the cameras you get is the Arlo floodlight camera and mm. this thing's, Google my review, EFTM floodlight camera. You might see a couple of photos of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. 
Because because I think personally the the lights are a big deterrent. Like at my place, I test so many different cameras. I've got a I think I've got a ring camera system on one corner of the house, and then I've got a Nest system somewhere else. But basically, if you walk in my driveway, you know the spotlight I mentioned on the Arlo cameras. The spotlight comes yeah. on on the telegraph pole. The ring camera floodlight comes on. Then one on the driveway, a little spotlight comes on, and then the floodlight comes on. It's like, dude, you're being recorded. <laughs> I don't know why a criminal would even think to keep going. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully that is that is the deterrent, isn't it? That's that's, uh, what, that's you what you want. It's the best thing. All right. Good luck. Happy Fantastic. shopping. Thank you so much, Trevor. Thanks for ringing. No worries at all. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've always been a fan and well, I mean it genuinely. I, I use them uh, on an absolute daily basis. We are, curr- <laughs> we are currently using our uh, Arlo cameras for uh, mouse detection as well. I have uh, five cameras trained under the sink and in uh, my wife's office area for mouse detection duties. Um, he has not been sighted since I got home. It is what it is. <laughs> EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. Travel along, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, EFTM.com. Deb did that. G'day, Deb. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? I'm very well. I do wish I would record the phone calls as I make them because your re- <laughs> your reaction to me calling was was fun. I'll be honest. You're like, they, they said you oh. wouldn't call. I'm like, who's they? It's just me. Oh, I wish I had staff. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, but anyway, you're a hero. Wow, well, that's huge. What can I yeah. do for you, Deb? Well, I was reading in the paper the other day about VPNs, yep. and I, we travel a little bit, not super a lot, but enough, and I was just thinking that maybe it's something to consider when we travel as far as safety goes, security, as far as banking and keeping our privacy information um, so, secure. Yep. Uh, I think it's a great thing to think about, especially if you're traveling. Um, the, the only time it's really an issue, uh, like a VPN has two purposes. One, to avoid Netflix's understanding of which country you're in. And two, for security yes. reasons to make sure that you're not being hacked in any way. Um, so if you're at a yes. public cafe and you're doing your banking, they recommend you don't use do it on, on Wi-Fi. And the same would apply to, say, a hotel Wi-Fi or any travel Wi-Fi you use. Um, yes, and, and we're guilty of that. But here's what I do. I'll just use my mobile, like this, this, the, 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 the mobile signal, because you, the mobile signal is encrypted. So the digital signal, the 4G, the 5G, when I'm roaming when I'm overseas, that's how I check my bank. So ah, well, to me, that's my husband the, does use that's the first. Sorry, that's I'm the first solution, really. I think is to is to okay. not stress about it, but just not do it mm-hmm. on Wi-Fi. Does that make sense? But okay, use your mobile. But we we sometimes rely on the local networks yep. to get access to Wi-Fi so, so, on our mobile so phone. If, we don't have. If you do, if you don't roam and you do rely on on Wi-Fi, then yes, get yourself a VPN. So, do you have any security software on your computers at the moment, like Norton or Trend Micro or any of those things? No, no, we've well, got Apple, so they say we don't need it. Who's they? They, you know, the mysterious person, they. Yeah. Well, that, let me tell you, Deb, you should have it. Okay. I've got Apple Mac, Mac computer, Mac yeah. laptop, and I have Trend Micro Internet oh. Security for two reasons. One, they're a sponsor and I want to support them. But two, they stop me clicking stupid links. So it's less about, oh. so Macs are unlikely to get viruses. That's the old cliche. And it's true. They're unlikely to get viruses. But these days, it's not the virus that gets you. It's the... You know, Deb gets an email that says, hey, Deb, uh, you had a chat to Trevor. Click here to download it, you know, and you click it. I know. And you, and you go to a website and you put in your password and I've now got your password or whatever it might be, right? So what yeah. Trend Micro sneaky, and Norton and those things do on my Mac and my iPhone is they stop me from okay. clicking those bad links. So actually in terms of recommending a VPN, oh, there's two ways to go. One, Nord, N-O-R-D. NordVPN Nord is, a, is a huge brand. Nord. They do a lot. They're, they're a great system. But I would prefer. Do you, are you sponsored? No, you, not at do all. Do you get sponsored? No. Um, I okay. would prefer that you spent the money more wisely on your overall security through something like yes. Norton 
or Trend Micro or uh, McAfee or Kaspersky. They're the big four kind of internet security companies. Um, Trend right. Micro is the one I'd recommend, but Norton is the, probably the, the other Trend. big one. And and what yes. you what you get okay. is you get it's not it's not antivirus for your computer. You get internet security. And whenever you okay. whenever you do this and you sign up, look at what's included in the different tiers. The cheapest tier might just be I don't know basic software, but the next tier up might include the VPN, and that's the one that then you can install ah. install that on your phone. So you're getting VPN access, but you're also getting backup network security for everything that you do on ah. the internet. So you can – sorry, this sounds might be a dumb question, but huh. so by doing Norton on your phone, can you, can you have it on all of your phones, That's your right. iPads, your – Yep. All under one okay. – okay. Yep. So if and I look – I don't um, – I, I haven't looked at Norton for a little while, but uh, I'm going to look here. Norton Plans, they, they still call it Norton 360. So basically um, the, the Norton 360 is a, is a VPN for one device – Norton 360 Deluxe is a secure VPN for up to three devices. So, oh, three is not enough. No, but VPN. You don't need a VPN. You've got to remember the difference between having uh, internet security for all your devices and a VPN yes. for all your – you don't need a VPN for all your devices, okay? Okay. You, right. you, you need okay. a VPN for, your, for each of your phones basically. Um if you if okay. I look at their pricing, if I look at Norton's pricing right now, this is you know there's there's discounts and things happening at this moment. Uh, it says ninety dollars a year for their deluxe plan, which is three yes. PCs, Macs, tablets, or phones. Um, and so let's put it on each of your phones, and then maybe the main tablet that you use or your main computer, um, and that includes a VPN. So okay, pretty good little deal. Ninety bucks. That's pretty good insurance. That's essentially what you're buying is insurance. Okay, so but. Okay, that's three devices. I've, we've got my husband and I have got an iPad. Yep. We've both got a phone, yep. and we've got, um, well, one Mac. There you go. So well, their, their premium, their premium level has five devices covered. Uh, Hundred and nine dollars okay. a year. Yeah. <coughs> that sounds like a deal, doesn't yeah, it? I don't, look, okay, I mean, that's, and that's Norton. That's that's Norton's pricing, and to be honest, looking at that, it looks like they're they're currently in the midst of deals. You know, there was there was the, the old number slashed out and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. If I okay. look at um, uh, Trend Micro, uh, up to six devices for their basic security. Let me just scroll down and find VPN. Secure VPN, you need their Device Security Pro. So Trend Micro, Device Security Pro, up to 10 devices, including oh. VPN, 24-7 tech support, starting from $89. Dude, that's where um, we've just won that. Um, hang on, starting 89 was for three devices. So six devices, 129, 10 devices, $159. And it's cheaper if okay. you buy it over two years. Okay. The next thing is we're not, we're, you know, we're getting up, well, we're not old, but we're not. You're what we call an experienced IT. Australian. Yep. No, these things are all very easy. <clears throat> so the, okay. again, I can only speak for trend because I've got it, but the trend micro, once you've got a, a license once you've bought it, you essentially create an account, yes. you know, username, password, and then you download the mm -hmm. app onto your phone, and uh, and you just log in with that app, and it, it knows that you're a member and you've got a subscription, and off you go. Um, and here's the great thing: they also have Trend Micro also have a thing called ID security, which you put in your things like your driver's license number, maybe your credit card, whatever you want, ah, and it'll it'll check yes. it'll check the dark web for whether or not oh, your information's oh. being traded. Oh, that sounds yeah. that sounds good too. Yeah. Oh my God, Trevor, you need to come to my place. You need to sort us out. It's not a service I offer, but um, I'd love to. But <laughs> geeks to you are the people to call. But seriously, you don't need that. You really don't. Just it's what think yeah. of it. Think of it, Deb, like life admin. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. What yes. da, what day of the week is good? Oh, what are you doing Thursday afternoon between two and five? I've got nothing on, so I'm going to sit down. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to compare Trend and Norton. I'm going to decide which one I'm going to buy. Second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to buy one of them. And the third thing I'm going to do is I'm okay. going to start installing. And I and across an hour, you, you'll have installed it on your computer, your iPad, your phone. You'll be rocking and rolling. And so when you install it on one um, one um, item, yep. you've got to install it individually on all items. That's so, right. So yeah. you want to install it on yep. your phone yep. and then download the app on your husband's phone, on the iPads, and there's software for the computer. Okay. 
Yeah, it's a little – that's why I mean don't think of it as a thing. Think of it as admin. It's a task yes. you've got to do. It's going to take you a couple of hours. Get a cup of tea, yeah. put a TV show on, okay. put a, put some scones oh, in the oven. I mean, if you're offering scones, let's talk about where you are. Uh, and I could be down okay. there. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, at the moment I've had a knee replacement, so I'm a bit disabled at the moment. Well, can someone else cook the scones? No. Anyway, you know my point, uh, yeah, my yeah. point anyway. is take yeah. some time out to do this. We will. Okay, that's that's great information. Thank no you. Worries. All right. Good luck. Okay. Well, thank you, Trevor Long, for contacting me. I, I it surprised me. Oh um, well, I'm happy to surprise you, you. Surprise and delight. It's what we try and do, Deb. You have a great day and a great week. Okay. Thanks, Trevor Long. Cheers. No worries. Thanks Bye. for calling. Cheers. Bye. Bye. She kept calling me Trevor Long. I, like I don't know. I didn't ask her where where she knows me from, whether it's a TV or a radio thing. But she was out of her mind with excitement when I rang. And I love that. It gives me a great buzz. I have no issue with that little bit of ego at all. Um, and, yeah, happy to help people get that uh, protection. Because, you know, I think it's great that you're talking about VPNs, but if you're talking about VPNs, what are we talking about when you're at home? Well, let's be real about the risk when you're at home as much as when you're away. So stay safe at home. Folks. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. So I haven't read the newspaper, but apparently there was a newspaper report that um, the New South Wales government was going to end the EV subsidies um, because it was not doing anything other than driving up the cost of electric cars. Now, I speak as someone who took delivery of an electric car uh, three weeks ago um, and got the rebate approved a week ago, and it's in my bank account. Bank account now. So thank you, New South Wales government, for, for giving me $3,000 um, towards my electric vehicle. Um, for the record, I support road usage charges. Uh, I have no problem uh, registering the amount of kilometres I drove each year and paying per kilometre for that because we have to fund the upkeep of the roads somehow, which is currently funded through fuel excise. So that I support. For the record, I also don't really support electric vehicle rebates because I I do think that they essentially inflate the price of electric cars. Um, maybe not obviously, maybe not tangibly, I don't know, but I just feel like, you know, an MG or a BYD at $48,000 should be 43, but the companies, you know, know that they can charge more because people are going to account for that. But what will be interesting is if those prices need to come down, if if the the scrapping of this in incentive uh, actually does have any impact on sales. Now, it won't for the next six months, uh, for the next three months, sorry. So if I'm you, I am ordering electric car. If, you, if you're ever going to do it, do, do it now because the incentive ends in January in, in New South Wales. Um, <clears throat> the, apparently, they're going to use some of that money saved for charging infrastructure. Great. I agree. Tick. That's good. Because in the end, I think that's what we want the government to do. I want the government to make sure that there is power available. There is power delivery infrastructure. So, it can get from the power plants to the highways and that there are is a mechanism for companies to build charges. Should the government build the charges? No. Should the government subsidize them? Maybe. Um, but, you know, I'm we've got the school holidays coming up and I really want to take my car for a run. It's the biggest risk in the world taking an electric car on the school holidays. I drove to my mum's. I've got Scone um, is one electric um, vehicle charging location, Tamworth. We can use the NRMA one or the Tesla ones. I don't, I'm not going to queue. Like I just think that's ridiculous and it will, until we fix that problem, we've got a, we've a long way to go on infrastructure. So that's what we need. We need incentives for uh, whether it's, you know, like 20-year leases on bits of land that allows them to, you know, more effectively build larger charging infrastructure locations, you know, little one charger in a car park and those kind of things. It's, it's not enough. It's not for infrastructure. So 
I think we're in this really weird rock and a hard place where we've, we're starting to get supply. Um, we're starting to get vehicles at good prices. There's definitely keen interest. Look at the number of Teslas on the road. But how do we go to the next level? What, what is it that's holding you back? Now, for some people, it's just that they would not spend $50,000 on a car. There's a lot of money. I am daily stressed about now having to work harder to find more money to spend on this car that I've bought. But I've bought that as a midlife crisis, as my wife describes. It's, you know, something I, I've bought it as a passion thing. It's not, I've not bought it as a replacement. Our little Mazda 2 is still cracking along fine. If you're like our family and you have these two cars, you wouldn't replace it now. I wouldn't replace a $16,000 Mazda with a $50,000 electric car. And I'll say it again, I've said it a million times. Honestly, I don't care how much it saves over the life of the car. That doesn't matter. What matters is the price up front. Who's got the money up front? So there's a bit to do. And we need more cars. We need many more cars. We need much more supply. We need to flood this place with electric cars. Now, the other thing is, uh, old mate Doug, who uh, came with us to see us many years ago before he uh, took a big, big job in Colorado, just text me a photo of his new car. It's a Rivian. It's the SUV Rivian, not the Ute, the, the SUV. Stunning-looking car. Um, about uh, he, he got it on the pre-order, so it was a bit cheaper, 77K plus tax. US dollars, so maybe 110-ish. Cheap, way cheaper than an X BMW X5, which he says is slower. And what a great car. If I won American Lotto, like a billion dollars, I would license the Rivian and I would manufacture that here or somewhere else and get it here. Because I reckon Australia would get behind the Rivian like nothing else. It's a gorgeous car. This is the problem. We need something that's enticing people. It needs something that people want for before we're going to get a real growth in electric cars. That's just my view. I could be wrong. I know people are on board. We're getting there. We've got BYD owners listening. Um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, we're in a good place. Removing the incentive as much as it may get bad publicity, I'm not sure it's going to be negative for sales, but I'll, we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, if you're in the market, speed up that delivery, folks, because you want to get your rebate by 2024 if you live in New South Wales. Got a question? Go to the website, eftm.com. Trev did that. G'day, Trev. Yeah, g'day, Trev. There you go, mate. Yeah, real good, buddy. What can I do for you? I just got an issue with the Telstra people. I signed up for a mobile phone, an iPhone 13. And the plan started off at $129 or something a month. And she said, that's all you're going to pay. It's like a Netflix account. They just direct debit and this and that. And then over time, I went to $130, then to $135, $140, and now I'm sitting at $154. Wow. Per so month. It just keeps going up. Yeah, per month. And I don't know why. And when I said to the people on the phone... And they just says, oh, it's all written in the terms and conditions. you just got to pay the phone out and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just at a loss. I'm just confused. And it's, How you know, far off the, being oh, off contract are you? Um, they said it was about $600 to pay the phone out. Yeah, right. It's not cheap, but still. And, no, and no, what, so are, what, are you pay, what are you getting for that $154 a month as well, uh, apart from the phone itself? Well, what I did, when I signed up, I put two iPads on as well as the shared data. And what they did was they give me 50 gig with the shared data. And now just, they just automatically gave me 80 gig and put me on a different plan sort of thing, different pricing. I said, well, how can you work that out? I didn't agree to that. And they just said, that's in the terms and conditions. How much data are you they actually get- using? Uh, not not a lot. I'm, I'll be struggling to use 10 gig. I and just use it mainly for work and a little bit of like Facebook and all that sort of and stuff. And what are those two iPads? Who, who who do they belong to? I've got one and my wife's got the other one, just a SIM card. And do you not have my, uh, internet at home? Yes, we, we put it on Wi-Fi. 
automatically logs on to Wi-Fi. So you've got when the, we're out on the road. Yeah. So when we're out on the road, it just goes. If I use the iPad, you obviously we're using a bit of data, but it's not much. It's only like doing maps or yep. Facebook and or something does like your that. wife have a mobile plan as well with Telstra? Yes, yeah, she does. She's got her mum on it and her daughter on it, and she and she's got all the Netflix and all that. It's all in Telstra. All in with Telstra. Well, let's just ignore the wife for a minute, okay? But let me tell you this: I think I've been trying to that for a while. <laughs> Let me tell you this, okay? I think that the work that I'm about to do for you, I think if we did it for you and your wife, there's some serious yeah. savings in your household, okay? Serious savings in your household. Look, you you don't let me let me start off with a simple thing. You don't need a SIM card in your iPad, okay? You've got internet at home, and when you're out and about, if you really need internet on that iPad, just hotspot to your phone, yeah. right? Easy. Okay. Paying yeah. for another SIM card is just a way of them getting more money from you, right? Now, I'm assuming yeah. that you desperately want to be on the Telstra network. Is that correct? Have you tried any other networks? I, a long, long time ago, but because I'm out in the truck a fair bit, like sometimes I go remote and I sort of need like a better coverage service. Yep. Okay. Well, um, that's why I say I'm going to assume that and we're going to go with it, right? Now, you said you reckon yeah. you're using 10 gig a month? Roughly, yes. So... Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go and you're going to get a Boost mobile SIM card. Now, obviously, this is just, you know, fanciful until you work out that you genuinely can save the money because you're going to have to pay that phone out or you're going to have to wait until the end of this to to get to that. But for $230, okay, you can, you can have one year's worth of mobile access on the Boost mobile wow. network, which is yep. the Telstra network, okay? 100% the same network, all right? Yeah. That's a 170 gigabytes of data. That's more than 10 um, gigabytes per month, okay, on average. Yeah. So you're basically paying 20 bucks a month, all right? So we're at $20 a month for your mobile plan. Obviously, we need to pay off the, um, the phone. So that's another 600 up front that you're going to have to pay. And then yeah. what you've got is you've got – you own your iPhone 13. It's a great phone. You don't need to get rid of it. Keep it. You you pay up front for Boost Mobile for the year. And you forget having a SIM card in the in the uh, iPad and you simply hotspot to your phone because it's an iPhone I'm assuming you've got, yeah? Yes, yes, correct, yeah. Okay. And then what you've done is you've um, – you've <laughs> the cost of paying $600 today – and two hundred and thirty dollars today, so six hundred to Telstra to get off your contract, say goodbye. Two hundred and thirty dollars to Boost Mobile to pay up front for your next year's worth. If you can afford that in your kicker, that works out over the next twelve months to be sixty nine dollars a month. Well, uh, that's a lot of saving. You with me? So I know it's an upfront yeah. cost, but. The ongoing cost is outrageously slower. Now, obviously, you're not paying for a device anymore because that's part of the 154 that you, they're charging you. But broadly, there's still it's still way cheaper to be off the Telstra plans than it is to be on them. And mate, this I guarantee you the same thing for your wife. I guarantee it. And if you want to go even cheaper, switch to Kogan Mobile, which is on the Vodafone network, and you probably spend 120 dollars a year. My wife's phone is $120 a year. Really? Wow. That's big savings. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah, I, think I'll have to, I think I'll be going to hit the credit card. I thought, maybe I'll just bite the bullet. We're going to save a lot more with your That's advice. It. So, so just think about then, and you think about the mother-in-law, whoever else on those other plans are, just think about breaking yeah. free. That's the first thing you do is you break free and you go, how many phones do we need? How many mobile plans do we need? And then you work out yeah. who's going to be on Boost, who's going to be on Kogan, and you pay – the trick here is to pay for 12 months. Now, you and, and your wife, whatever, can go straight to Boost and pay for 12 months because you know the Telstra network. If you're worried at all about Kogan Mobile being on the Vodafone network, then don't pay for 12 months. Pay for one or two months. Play with it. Test it. See how it goes. See where it's frustrating. And you go to yourself, you know what? There's no mobile service in that suburb. Do we really care? No, because it's half the price, etc. Yeah, does it, how does that 
coincide with like the Netflix account and just subscribe to them again? Or again, mate, you, the, you get some, get some independence, right? They're, at best, they're saving yeah. you like two or three percent, five percent maybe. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I've never got my Netflix through anyone but Netflix. But you know, okay. I can't imagine that it's saving you the amount of money that you're going to save. And mate, get us sit down. Like I've just written all this on a bit of paper, and I've gone. Well, hang on a minute. We're saving. We're, we're spending sixty nine dollars a month instead of one hundred and fifty four. We've saved ourselves ninety bucks, mate. I don't care yeah. if Netflix costs Netflix costs an extra ten bucks a month. <laughs> Still saving money. True. Exactly. I've heard you talk about boost with uh, Luke during the morning sometimes. So, um, Mate, yeah. it's the I've best life it. hack for truckies because I get it. I understand. Truckies want coverage. And in a couple of years, Optus will be the go. I'm confident of that. But right now, for coverage, you want Telstra. And for, for price, you want Boost. Absolutely guarantee it, yeah. mate. All right. Awesome. That's Good on you, Trev. Maybe Maybe feel a hell of a lot better. Thank you very Get much. Get in there, for your save advice. some money, story. and put it towards uh, you know something for the wife or not, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cheers, mate. See you later. Good on you. Um, you know, we, I know some people have been listening for years, and you're, you're screaming at the radio, at the podcast, at the wherever you're listening, thinking, "How do we keep saying this?" But you got to remember, not everyone hears this because it's this cognitive uh, acceptance. You're you're only receptive to information that you're. Uh, ready for. So if you're in the market for a mobile phone, you're probably looking at all the iPhone 15 stuff right now. But if you got an iPhone 14 three months ago, you're not even, look, you don't care. This is not even coming into you. Same with mobile plans. If you're deep, if you're three months into a contract, you're not thinking about how you can break away. So these things just gloss over you. But big savings out there. Trust me. Travel along, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Hayden's on the line. G'day, Hayden. G'day, Rev. What can I do for you, mate? Trevor. Uh, sorry? What can I do for you, buddy? Uh, what I was just wanting to find out is whether you'd have any recommendations for uh, shifting my email service from uh, IINet mm. to another provider. Uh, apparently, IINet or TPG as the uh, company uh, yeah. are getting out of providing uh, email servicing. That's right. So basically, um, IINet, uh, Westnet, there's a whole bunch of different sub-brands that they do, but IINet customers uh, are going to lose their email if they don't do something soon. And I think you've got yeah. until um, September, I think. Uh, no, November, somewhere there. Anyway. Bottom line, here's my recommendation. First step, take the free offer that exists. So the free offer right. is we want you to move to a service called the messaging company. Take them up on That's the offer. Right, yeah. <clears throat> because that means you, nothing changes for you for a little while, okay? So you take them up yep. on the offer. <clears throat> it's not, a, not an easy thing. You will need a bit of life admin. You'll need to, you know, set up an account and all this kind of stuff. It's not fun, but it is what it is, right? So take yep. their offer register your email address and get started that way. Secondly, that what that right. does is that buys you one year to sort things out because in September right, yeah. next year, they're going to start charging you money. So you want to be, you want to be free of your IONET email by then so that you can just cancel it in a year from now. So what I recommend you right, doing yeah. after you've saved your email address with the messaging company, I recommend you go to Google, go to Gmail and set up a free email account on Gmail. Now that email oh, account, right. that email account is where you now go to check your mail. Now, is there anyone in your life, Hayden, that that's a bit nerdy and can help you with a few tech things? Oh yeah, no worries. I've got a son-in-law. Is, Perfect. Uh, so what I want, what I want it. that son-in-law to do is make it so that the Gmail account actually checks the messaging company email. So that all you ever do is log on to Gmail to get your email address, to get everything coming through. And then every time someone sends you an email, you respond to them and say, thanks very much. By the way, my new email address is this. And so over the course of three to six months, everyone knows. You've updated everyone. And you you haven't paid a cent. 
you've kept your email for a little while, but you're going to get rid of it. And in the long run, you're the better for it because you've got a free email service that's not linked to any telco. And you'll probably save some money in the long run by switching telcos as well. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Lovely. Thanks for that, Trevor. My pleasure, mate. Enjoy your day. You too. Thank you. Good on you, Hayden. Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, and it's a funny one. This whole iron it thing—it's—it's uh, it's an interesting decision. I mean, I don't understand the the, the mechanics of it, but uh, I guess they're in the business of pipes, you know, connecting people to the internet, and not being the internet, if you like what I mean. Um, but it's a, it's a whole strange process with this messaging company and uh, getting people to convert over. So not easy, but it is a bit of life admin. Hopefully, people can get some help and support to get through that. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Lake. Great to have your company. Um, good to be back. I have a bunch to get done today, a few videos to make, uh, deadlines and embargoes all this week. It's not fun being dictated to by other companies, but it actually is a good thing because it gets me going and gets me doing stuff. Um, but I'm looking forward to a few uh, easier days later in the week. I've got a lot of cleaning to do. I'm telling you, this office is a nightmare, like legit. <sighs> Anyway, we'll get to it at some point, I think, maybe. <laughs> I keep putting it off. I'll get to it. I really will. Um, get in touch anytime, eftm.com. Click on Ask Trev. And thank you for your patience while I had my little sojourn overseas. Um, I still don't feel, and I'll just say this quickly, I don't feel comfortable just recording a 20-minute diatribe of me, me talking while I'm overseas as a replacement for this podcast because this podcast is a talkback podcast. It would feel weird if we didn't do it this way. There, there is a part of me that thinks that in future on longer trips like this, I could take the gear to do the phone calls. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll consider that on longer trips in the future. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Chat soon. Be back next week. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM.